Peterson is taking care of things right now. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown, Georgia Southern. Pass swings on the way. It's gone! It is well with my stolen Montgomery! Georgia Southern wins! Welcome to Georgia Southern Extra. I'm your host, Nathan Dominitz, the sports content editor of the Savannah Morning News and savannahnow.com. We're here to talk about Georgia Southern Athletics, and here taping on Tuesday, September 20th, we're talking about Georgia Southern football. Now, the Eagles are coming off of their first loss of the season. They're 2-1. and one. They opened with uh, wins over Morgan State and then uh, a big nationally telecast game over Nebraska, a not very good Nebraska team as it turns out, but still a, a Power 5 conference and a, uh, and a, hist- a storied program with the Cornhuskers. Everybody was riding pretty high over in Statesboro, but they were kind of warning that, hey, UAB is a solid team, a run-heavy, ball-controlled team, and we and the Eagles were going to have to play a really good game to beat them. In fact, the oddsmakers had UAB as a uh, 12.5-point favorite, 10, points, 10 to 12 points in that range all week. And as it turned out, they were pretty darn close. It was final UAB 35, Georgia Southern 21. And the story of that game was turnovers, which happens a lot with all football games at any level but uh uab did not have any turnovers and georgia southern had three turnover uh, three interceptions and uh call was i think 24 50 just to get to a mere 204 yards so the passing game was very much under wraps uh uab had a kind of drop five eight men in coverage kind of protected against the pass and tried to handle the run and um the blazers came through uh they went up 21 nothing uh, in the second quarter, and uh, Georgia Southern had time to come back, kind of claw their way back to get within seven points on two occasions in the uh, third and fourth quarters. But uh, turnovers and that ball control offense and uh, a running back, a junior running back named Dwayne Debo McBride with a career-high 223 yards and matching a career-high with four touchdowns, he was a big difference too. So the, the UAB defense showing the way with a pass coverage and a solid play up front. The uh, UAB offense with ball control and keeping the ball out of the hands of the Georgia Southern offense. And then uh, Georgia Southern not being able to be its high-flying best that they that we saw against the Morgan State, an FCS program, and Nebraska, which uh, put up big numbers but also gave up big numbers and uh, vulnerable on defense. So Georgia Southern still has a, a top-flight offense, but they're going to have to tighten up. Uh, and then they're also going to have to figure out uh, how to play Ball State, which is where we bring on our guest, Robbie General. Robbie from the, the Star Press of Muncie, Indiana. Is that right, Robbie? Yes, sir. And Robbie's been uh, covering Ball State, the, the Cardinals, full-time for about a year, but he also covered them when he was in college, which wasn't that too long ago, Robbie, right? Yeah, I was uh, went to Ball State from 2014 to 2018 and uh, spent a year in India after that and have been in Muncie uh, ever since, so been following along uh, slash covering the team uh, pretty much since 2014 or so. Well, you're the perfect guest to, to come on the show today and then talk about Ball State against Georgia Southern. And let me just ask you, you've had uh, maybe a couple of days to look into it. We'll talk about how Ball State is playing, but what have you heard about Georgia Southern? What kind of things did makes makes it uh, way back to Indiana? Yeah, you know, obviously uh, two Saturdays ago after uh, I was done writing my stories and got back to my place, obviously watched that Nebraska game and um, you know, I was sitting there thinking, I think a lot of people 
we're looking at Ball State's non-conference schedule, figuring, you know, um, they can go three and one um, relatively easy. And and that's not the case. You know, Georgia Southern's obviously um, shown to be be a tough team to beat. And um, I think mainly the thing that stands out is that high-flying offense. And obviously, Van Treese is a guy that Ball State fans are familiar with in, in the Mid-American Conference. So, um, it, a lot of it is kind of coming down to can the defense – um, you know, stop one of the FBS's best offense this weekend. Yeah, you're, that's right. You brought up a good point. The Just as Nebraska had seen Buffalo just a year earlier, uh, Ball State uh, played in the MAC championship game against Buffalo in back in 2020, uh, right near the end of the season. And Ball State was having a great season that year. I think they're seven, seven and one that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a. Uh... Kind of that magical COVID year. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Kyle Vantries had a good game uh, for Buffalo against um, um, against the Cardinals, but the, the Ball State ended up coming out on top. And they, it doesn't take a long memory to remember all the way back to December of 2020. Uh, so they they know uh, what what Kyle can do. And like you said, the offense, that's something uh, historically very new because uh, George Southern has been a running team uh, known as for its triple option back in the, the mid to late 80s, back all the way up to uh, really just a couple of years ago. And then they had kind of a compromise of or some sort of hybrid of more of an RPO kind of uh, compromise of an offense last year. And just nothing really worked that well last season on offense. Uh, they kind of ran it pretty well and they kind of passed it not so well. But this year, as you mentioned, Robbie, uh, they're they're throwing the ball a lot. They're, they're actually running the ball pretty well, too, uh, for just a kind of a balanced offense, but known for their passing. And Ball State um, has uh, has a good balance too. And I was listening to the uh, the podcast, uh, the the uh, Chirp podcast last night uh, out of uh, out of Muncie, and uh, li- heard um, Carson Steele talk about his alligator, which we'll we'll get to. Uh, it sounds like a whole feature could be done just on Carson Steele. Um, just his name is something out of a comic book hero. I think uh, was devised by uh, Stan Lee or something. But anyway, uh, tell us about Ball State. What's uh, what as far as the offense, what should Georgia Southern expect come Saturday? Uh, but by the way, that game is 6 p.m. Eastern at Paulson Stadium. It'll be shown on ESPN Plus, the streaming service, and it, the game is homecoming as well. Uh, Georgia Southern's been on the road for two weeks, so they're really uh, looking forward to coming home. Robbie, tell us about Ball State. Yeah, offensively, um, obviously led by a new quarterback. Um, it feels like, you know, coming in this year, Drew Plitt was the guy. It seemed like forever because he was there for, you know, six years and, and wow. a starter for, for three and a half, four years. Um, but in, in in his shadow, uh, so to say, over the past couple of years has been John Paddock, who is a redshirt junior. Um, but in his fifth season, you know, with mm-hmm. with COVID and everything, all these college guys are are there forever. But he's finally getting his opportunity this year. And he was a guy coming into um, the season that Ball State coaches were really high on. You know, obviously he, he hadn't started a game um, before the opener at Tennessee this year. But, you know, talking to the offensive coordinator and, and, and the head coach, Mike, knew, you know, they were talking about they feel like they got a three-year starter coming back in Paddock. And he's a bit of an undersized guy, but um, he's got a cannon of an arm and, and can take off and run if he needs to. Um, and then offensively, you know, Ball State has, has been spreading the ball around mm-hmm. pretty effectively this, these first three weeks. Um, they got three, three pretty, pretty solid receivers. And uh, kind of a new look, you mentioned Carson Steele in the backfield as well, but kind of a new look this year is um, they're running two, a lot of two tight end sets. 
Um, they got a six six guy in, in Brady Hunt and a six seven guy in Tanner Cozio. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, two two young guys too. So they they could be around for a while and two local guys that I actually covered in high school um before they got to Ball State. And um they like these two tight ends a lot, uh, not just as run blockers, but as pass catchers and uh, spreading the field around and and going five wide and utilizing them a lot too. So um Ball State obviously, you know, they they, they try to get Steele going as much as possible just because he's kind of one of those different uh, type of backs, um, both on the field and, and off, as you mentioned. Um, but, yeah, they got a ton of weapons. I think their their key offensively is just uh, finding that consistency because um, there are some drives where, where they look sharp and everything's clicking, and there are some drives where you just kind of shrug your shoulders and, and ask, you know, what just happened, so. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, – and we're going we're gonna to have, have time to talk about it in depth. Uh, I think um... – Boise, Boise State, Ball State, sorry about that. Ball State has played three games and three different kinds of games. Uh, you play uh, a, a team like Tennessee at Tennessee to open the season. Everything's stacked against you there. You're, you're, as you mentioned, John Paddock's, a, he's been around forever, but he's a new quarterback. I think he only had like 34, 35 completions last year. Um, like you said, Drew Pitt was the man there for a long time. So uh, Ball State uh, opens with Tennessee, doesn't go well but goes as expected. Then you have a, a conference game against Western Michigan, a tight battle that went right down to the end, Western Michigan uh, scoring late uh, to win that game in the fourth quarter. And then um, totally different scenario last week against Murray State. Uh, it was all ball state and uh, the first shutout since like 2008. And uh, even more details about it to get to. But I mean, am I wrong? Or are we seeing like three totally different games from ball state? Yeah, you're you're not wrong. It, it kind of is. And, you know, as you know, I've been following this team for a while now, and that's just kind of what Ball State is. I I, I can't quite put my finger on it, um, but it just seems like, you know, even last year, right, you know, they they have a dud coming out against Western Illinois, um, beat them by 10, um, not a real good game. And then a couple weeks later, um, they obliterate Army, you know, from, from start wow. to finish. So, it's just, yeah, it's just kind of. I, I don't know what it is. You know, I, I, think, I wish I think a lot of it in this case, uh, just from a distance, it's, it's the opponent. Uh, Tennessee is not like Western Michigan. It's not like Murray state. So uh, Georgia Southern could be a fourth kind of opponent uh, out of conference team that they've never played each other. Uh, Georgia Southern has a new offense, new defense, new special teams, new coaches, except for uh, Kevin Whitley, who was the interim coach last year as they made a, they kind of cleaned house. Uh, he is back. He's the only position coach who's back. And so there was a lot of unknowns going into in terms of like what exactly George Southern's going to be. I think we've seen uh, in three games that they're going to throw the ball a lot. Uh, they're not going to rely on the run per se, but the run sets up the pass and the pass kind of sets up the run if it's going well. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about what happened last week, but I want to do I'm going to let Robbie take a lunch break here. We're going to do a quick commercial. Uh, don't go too far, Robbie. Uh, we'll be back with my guest, Robbie. Robbie, um, general of uh, the, the Star Press in Muncie, Indiana, uh, beat writer uh, for Ball State Cardinals Athletics. And uh, But I want to plug the best source for local news in Savannah, the Savannah Morning News and savannahnow.com. Now, you want to know what's going on with Georgia Southern Athletics like we've been talking about now, especially football? What about high school? Who's hot and who's not? Uh, Savannah State, they've gotten off to kind of a rough start with one and two. Uh, how are they doing? And uh, what what else is going on in Savannah? News, features, and opinion columns. You get all of that 
with a subscription. Uh, if you're not a subscriber, now's the time to try us out. I think the last special I saw was something like two years for $22, about a week earlier, it was uh, $1 a month for six months, which will take you all the way through the football season and then some. It's like giving it away, I think, Robbie, a dollar for six months. Uh, anyway, that's the way I look at it. Anyway, we get all that, uh, all that digital content, uh, but you need to try, uh, go to savannahnow.com slash subscribe now and sign up. That's savannahnow.com slash subscribe now and check out what the latest uh, special is. And if you're interested, give it a shot, uh, uh, sign up. Thanks very much. And let's get back to Georgia Southern Extra with our special guest, Robbie General of the Muncie, Indiana Star Press. And he uh, he covers Ball State. He's seen them for a long time. So you have a good grasp of the Mike New era. Here we are in the uh, the Clay Helton era, just three games in. I think uh, you know what you're going to get with Mike New. He seems like a really solid coach, was a, one of the all-time best players and a quarterback like Clay Helton. And these quarterbacks seem to become coaches and pretty good ones a lot of the time. And he, he was a, a quarterback's coach for the New Orleans Saints uh, back when Drew Brees was putting up huge numbers for the Saints. And uh, Mike New, just um, a good all-around uh, coach. Uh, the overall record, not great, but he's had his moments like last season or two seasons back. In 2020, they had a really special year during the COVID year. What uh, what what do you uh, my, what do you say about Robbie about Mike New and the kind of program he runs in Muncie? Yeah, you know he he's got a lot of friends and a lot of people who appreciate kind of the job he's been doing. And um, you know, I know last year kind of built some frustrations around Ball State fans just because you know it was a couple of years of rebuilding and kind of cleaning house almost um, with a lot of players transferring out. Mm. Um, but, you know, the ones who stuck around ended up winning that MAC championship. Right. And um, coming off 2020, you know, obviously, um, you know, everyone was on cloud nine winning the first bowl game in history. No one had anything bad to say. And then last year was um, somewhat of a disappointing year. You know, they, they made another bowl game, um, which, you know, back-to-back bowls has only happened um, two or three other times in ball state history. Um, but still, you know, bringing almost all those guys back for that Mac championship team. Um, a lot of fans expected another Mac championship. And, and this year, I think is the biggest test year uh, for Mike new really um, because, you know, obviously he had those, those building years and, 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 you know, had some success with a lot of those uh, seniors and super seniors the past two years, but a lot of those guys are gone now. Um, so now it's kind of, can you build a program that can sustain itself or did you get hot during COVID and, and, you know, have some good guys that were good enough to make another bowl game. So um, a lot of question marks this year um, still definitely, you know, um, I, I think, you know, from my perspective, I think he's done a great job in kind of turning the program around and, I kind of, you know, understand some people's frustration after a MAC championship, but if you look at the MAC, that's just kind of the conference it is. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in 2020, Ball State won a bunch of close games and ended up winning the whole thing. And um, look at last year with Northern Illinois, right? All eight of their conference games were by a possession or less, wow. you know, and, and they ended up winning the conference. It's, it's just, it's one of those things. If you get the breaks to go your way, you can go five and three and 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 win your division and end up winning the championship. And um, if a couple things don't go your way, kind of like they did last year, then, you know, you're, you're on the outside looking in a bit. That's a, I think that's a good lesson for, for here in the Sun Belt. Uh, the MAC is uh, just... You got, you know, you got that whole Midwestern winter, uh, winter kind of coming and uh, it's basketball season is around the corner. And and uh, just as a quick aside, Ball State opened the basketball season last year, November of 2021 at Georgia Southern. So it's the first time for football, but I feel like they're like uh, some sort of relations now. There's some sort of 
relationship with Ball State uh, after I was at that game, and that was a good game. Uh, so uh, Ball State came all the way down to Statesboro with the basketball team. A lot more people coming with football. But like I said, the MAC they battle it out. I think the Sun Belt, uh, off the top of my head, uh, you know, in the West Division, uh, Louisiana has had its way and and has kind of reeled off. Well, they had reeled off 15 straight wins until last Saturday, but which was the longest streak in the nation. So you had a hot Louisiana team competing for a conference championship out west, and then in the East, Georgia Southern wanted to be in that conversation. They uh, obviously didn't get in that conversation, but App State and then the new uh, the new flavor of the month uh, or the of the two years, Coastal Carolina. Uh, kind of took hold and got real hot, beat BYU in a great game. And they've been in the top 25. App State's been the top 25. Louisiana's been the top 25, you know, off and on over the last couple of years. But it hasn't been a a deep conference in terms of competing for titles, like maybe in the MAC. But all that's expected to change this year when you put a Marshall, which you guys may know a little bit about Marshall. Uh, but you put a Marshall and Old Dominion and James Madison, which was a power uh, one level below and is now up. And then Southern Miss, uh, which historically has had some really good teams, um, but uh, and they they're coming off of a big win over on Saturday. But you have just depth throughout, and it looks like it's going to be a dogfight pretty much every week in the conference, especially looking at Georgia Southern's schedule. So they uh, they really want to get a lot out of these first four games to kind of get ready for the conference schedule and build their resume and be in the conversation for a bowl game. Uh, you know they've been they've gone to bowl games, but to to reel off two in a row like Ball State has, you guys, uh, you guys, uh, the Cardinals beat San Jose State a couple years ago, and then uh, lost to Georgia State, who people here know very well and hate to even mention them being a, a rival. Uh, that was not a great night for Ball State, but um, yeah. So what what you guys have in in MAC week in week out, that close games, games decided by uh, s- small number of plays. That's what I expect uh, this year in the Sun Belt. And um, the, uh, the when Ball State comes here, they're coming off of a, of, of a really decisive win over Murray State. I guess I heard the uh, the defensive coordinator, who's one of those hot defensive coordinators uh, around the country, uh, who said, I guess they, they only had to defend five plays in the third quarter and 10 in the fourth quarter against Murray State, or maybe it was 10 and five. It added up to 15 if your defense is only on the field for 15 plays in an entire half, um, they're going to buy you a nice dinner afterwards or something. Right. I mean, that was, that must've been like, this is going way too well. Right. Yeah, no, it was interesting. You know, the first half was, was pretty sloppy overall, not defensively defense kind of played solid that whole game. Um, you know, Nick Jones, two interceptions and a block punt and somehow doesn't win defensive player of the week. Um, (laughs) but, uh, but it, it was a sloppy first half offensively where realistically Ball State could have uh, only been up 7-0 after, you know, scoring on their first drive. Um, but the second half, you know, um, the offense, you know, was was kind of off and on in, in the first half. And then they come out and score on three straight drives and the defense has a couple three and outs. And, um, you know, the defense really stepped up last week because there was there was a time, um, I think, midway through the fourth quarter, uh, Paddock threw an interception and Murray State had it at, at the 19. You know, <laughs> you're already mm-hmm. in the red zone when you get it and, and Ball State forced a forced a turnover on downs on that possession. Wow. So the defense was really solid last week. It's it's going to be interesting to see um, if they can carry kind of some of that momentum over uh, because they were able to finish last week. But then, you know, you go back a week before when they were up 24 
13 at or 23 14 at one point against Western Michigan um, and then gave up three straight uh, scoring or three out of four scoring drives. So, um, you know, I think last week was the first time the defense kind of put it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested to see if that kind of carries over this week against uh, uh, an obviously better offense, too. That's a good, I think that's a good phrase with carry over because Georgia Southern. Unlike Ball State, which wants to keep going with what happened last week, uh, Georgia Southern wants to fix some of the things that happened last week. Uh, I know it's weird to say maybe about a two and one team, but they had um, they were and they and they said it themselves they that they they made too many turnovers. He killed drives right there, kept themselves from you know getting back into it, uh, and then they also uh, gave up way too many yards uh, rushing. Uh, Dwayne McBride basically, I, I wouldn't say one man wrecking crew, but he was pretty close. Uh, he had a, he reeled off a lot of r- long runs, 223 yards, net yards. Uh, the four touchdowns uh, went a long way toward it. And um, so I think what they – they and poor tackling basically on George Southern's part where they had guys stop maybe at the first level, definitely at the second level, and then they they got away and, and uh, those, those uh, short runs became touchdown runs. Um, so running right at Georgia Southern's defense may be the blueprint – uh, uh, Ball State with uh, Carson Steele and an offensive line, uh, pretty good size line. You think that they might try to follow that br- blueprint, or maybe throw in a couple curveballs with some, some, some passes? I think uh, Clay Helton, the head coach at George Southern, had said Paddock is very accurate passing, and he, um, they kind of go to the perimeter, take advantage of if if the defense is focused. In this case, Georgia Southern's defense is trying to stop the run. They're going to be uh, vulnerable to the pass, especially maybe out on the perimeter. So, is that something uh, Ball State could put in their game plan? You think? Uh, let's see how well they can. Let's make Georgia Southern stop our run. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is an experienced offensive line group. Um, a lot of, kind of a lot of younger guys who, who got experience last year due to injuries. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think if if Mike knew and. Uh, had his way he would he would run with steel every time if he could and then there are some drives where you know when steel gets going he just you know you just kind of he's one of those guys where it's like all right you know you, you take over we'll, we'll figure out from there and it was crazy to see last week you know I think he had 30 or so rushing yards in the first half um and then the first drive of the second half he had like 40 you know so it's yeah. just like he could turn on in, in an instant. Um, but yeah, you know, Ball State's kind of known for some of that, those creative type plays and um, tried a couple against Tennessee, um, you know, did, did some stuff, you know, when, when they're uh, coming in as the underdog uh, against other teams in the past as well. So um, they'll, they'll try to sprinkle in different stuff. And like I said, they like their pass catchers a lot, but mm-hmm. um, I tell you, if they're finding success on the ground, um, they're gonna they're gonna keep riding steel as, as long as they can. You know, I, I'm I'm I think he's had 25 plus carries in in the first two weeks, and mm-hmm. um, I think you know that's a that's a pace that's gonna be a, a regular occurrence for for Ball State this year. Well, he's he was voted uh, by all Athletic on their list of 100 freaks because he's so strong, seven percent body fat, can squat and deadlift, and and obviously he can also uh, have a pet alligator growing up. I think his name was Crocky, but anyway. <laughs> So far for Carson Steele, who's uh, listed at 6'1", 215. I think he got referred to as 225. I'll give him that extra 10 pounds. I'm not messing with him. Uh, in three <laughs> games, 62 carries, 305 yards, 4.9 per carry. Easy to do the math, 101 yards a game. Uh, and that's, you know, playing three different kinds of games. So interesting. You mentioned Paddock, uh, 78, 128. 
uh, three interceptions, but six touchdowns, 265 yards a game, 60, uh, 61% passing completion, and uh, three receivers, which you can comment more about, but they three receivers with double-digit receptions each, which is pretty impressive. Uh, I hope I pronounced the name Jay Sean Jackson, Johannes Tyler, and Amir Abdul-Rahman. I may be way off on those pronunciations, but that's why I work in print. Uh, so <laughs> as long as they spell right, but those guys each have at 18, 15 and 13 receptions. Carson, Ste- uh, Carson Steele has a few catches too out of the backfield. Looks like, you know, they got a very pro mentality uh, with a guy that played pro ball with indoor football coach at the highest level with one of the greatest passing quarterbacks of all time. And then um, himself, himself was a great quarterback uh, player of the year, MVP at ball state back in the day. Uh, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, offensively, Ball State is going to be challenging. If uh, the challenges is, is if, if Georgia Southern can get their offense going the way they want, uh, take advantage of what the defense gives, and that's where uh, Ball State's uh, defense, if they're very opportunistic and uh, can kind of shut down those passing lanes like UAB did, then uh, it's, it should be a, a really close game. And for what it's worth, uh, Georgia Southern is a nine-point favorite as we speak, nine and a half. Uh, with the home field advantage of giving three points, that uh, says that uh, they're they're about a touchdown better. That's just the odds. That doesn't mean that's how it's going to play out. Uh, there was a lot of talk here in state the Statesboro area. I'm in Savannah, but about Georgia Southern being a two touchdown underdog against uh, UAB a week after being a three touchdown underdog against Nebraska, basically on reputation, you might say, and and small sample size of the Georgia Southern's new offense. And uh, obviously, that was a uh, offensive showcase Nebraska as you saw the game Nebraska against George Southern wasn't a lot of punting going on in that game the if you didn't score you weren't keeping up basically so uh 45 42 in favor of George Southern with Kyle Ventry scoring on an eight yard run which he's not known for but that was the perfect call an eight yard touchdown run with 36 seconds left when I guess Nebraska was looking past um that won the game and then UAB as as the Ozmakers kind of figured they were um a two touchdown favorite, one thirty five fifteen, thirty five twenty one, and uh, I'm not saying that that's how the game's going to go, but it sounds like Ball State plays a, a great game. George Southern's going to have to match that to keep up with it, and vice versa. It sounds like two teams that kind of know or kind of figure out their identity. And uh, I don't know, is that how you how you see it? That if Ball State does what they want to do, they're going to be right in it. Uh, and if George Southern uh, has their way. Maybe it, it, they they can put up some good numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. I feel like you know finding that identity is something that Ball State's really trying to do. And um, I think last week definitely built a little bit of confidence. Just sure. you know, it wasn't an FCS team, but um, you know, a pretty um, you know dominant win from from start to finish. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just kind of about figuring out some that consistency. And I think you know each week you're seeing small. Uh, micro improvements, you know, uh, in in all three phases uh, for Ball State. So, um, yeah, I think they're still trying to figure themselves out. Um, I don't think they're quite, you know, where, you know, 
their their peak might be, whatever that might be this year. Um, but I think they're getting closer. So um, I'll be interest, interested to see. You know, there are some games where Ball State starts off strong um, mm-hmm. and some, some, some games where, you know, you're, you're wondering <laughs> – where, where they're at so um it'll be interesting it's interesting to see how they start the game and if they get creative and if they force turnovers because you know when when ball state forces turnovers um like any team but sure. when when they force turnovers um there's something about that in, in their confidence and 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 if they can build off that and you know force a couple turnovers like they did last week and finish some of those drives and and you know flip some of those points um i think it should be an, an interesting game yeah, I know exactly, and I, I think when you talked about which team, ball, how Ball State is going to play, I think uh, a nice maybe pat answer on that is they're the seventh youngest roster in the country. Uh, somebody looked that up, but it's seven seventy four percent of the the team is underclassmen. Uh, I'll have to look up Georgia Southerns, but I know Georgia Southern, as far as the players on the field, uh, had been very heavy on six and even seventh year players. That that uh, begs mention of Todd Bradley Glenn, the inside linebacker in his seventh season with Georgia Southern. And the way that came about is uh, Todd had suffered serious uh, season-ending injuries. Last season, he, he, he missed the entire season with an injury. Uh, you throw in the COVID year, and he's eligible for seventh year, and they tell me an eighth year. Well, the, the bad news, which has kind of followed Todd Bradley Glenn around, is uh, that he was injured against UAB, dislocated an elbow. So I, I don't know if that doesn't sound like a season-ending injury, but it definitely sounds like an injury that could keep him out this week against UAB. Uh, that's a seventh-year player, a team leader, a co-captain, uh, one of the the quarterback of the defense. You're, you miss him, somebody has to step up. They have a couple sixth-year defensive ends in Dylan Springer and uh, Justin Ellis, who played very well the first two weeks, as they've been known to. They're all-conference candidates. But uh, the other guys are going to have to step up, and they do have some a, a bunch of guys that are in their third and fourth years. So who are playing, and then they have a, a, a mix of guys. And, and, of course, on the other side, Kyle Vantrese, sixth-year player, was a three-year starter at Buffalo. Uh, so if the veteran guys can can stick around, uh, that's kind of how the team will be. Um, the other part I want to get in here, we got a few minutes left, is all, everything that we've said so far could change if the running game becomes the story. I mean, Georgia Southern's running game has been the story for – basically forever until this season they've had a couple years where they tried to some outlier years where they tried to um, make the the passing game a big deal and it didn't work out at all but this year the passing game has been a big deal small sample size but as you mentioned um, uh, George Southern has the uh, uh, is now well now after last week they're down to 13th in uh, passing offense 326 yards a game ball state by the way 42nd 265 but that's not their their main thing uh, passing defense might be of interest. Georgia Southern, uh, 23rd, Ball State, 68th. Like I said, a lot of that depends on opponents. Rushing offense, this is what I'm trying to get to eventually here. Uh, Georgia Southern, type 47th, 194 yards a game. Uh, Ball State, 75th, it looks like, 156. Uh, but rushing defense, here's the story here, maybe, uh, Robbie, to focus in our previews. Rushing defense, Ball State, 97th. Of course, that includes the uh, the Tennessee game, uh, 170.7 yards a game. Uh, Georgia Southern, 127 out of 131 FBS programs. 127 in rushing defense, uh, 239 yards on the dot. Uh, a lot of that was UAB, um, you know, basically putting a lot of emphasis on the run. Uh, so, and what's historically uh, just recent history that's kind of odd because last year's 
Georgia Southern team, which a lot of the same players, totally different coaching staff are almost totally different. Georgia Southern had one of the worst passing defenses in the country, FBS programs, right around the high 120s, uh, pretty much all season or definitely the second half of the season. So the passing defense gave up a lot of big plays. Right now, the rushing defense uh, has given up the yards. So it's weird how it turned around. But uh, if the if the Georgia Southern if Georgia Southern can run, that could open up the pass. If Georgia Southern can't run or pass, as uh, as what happened last week where they were able to run with Jalen White getting the big plays, but they weren't able to pass a twenty four fifty and three interceptions, not getting it done. So um, anyway, it looks like we've thrown a lot of scenarios at you, Robbie. Uh, so it, should, it sounds like a good game. It'll be good for both teams to play a good game. Uh, Paul uh, George Sun, glad to be back at Paulson uh, after being on the road. Four of their first six games are on the road, by the way, the, the Eagles. So they're really wanting to take advantage of a home game. Uh, and it just so happens to be homecoming. It just so happens to be against Ball State. But uh, after um, winning at home against an outmanned Morgan State team, uh, struggling program, and then to upset Nebraska, they kind of came back to earth a bit last week. I, they said they knew it was coming. They still had to execute it. They still had to play the game, and they didn't play as well as UAB did. UAB kind of figured out a, a game plan, and we'll see if uh, Ball State can kind of follow that template or if they – still could do their own thing and, and find a, a way to be successful. Uh, Robbie, any, any, I'll give you the last word here. Anything else you want to say about all things, Eagles and Cardinals, um, two good programs. Yeah, no, I'm interested to see, you know, kind of how it shakes out. I feel like, you know, you mentioned it, but, uh, kind of two teams, you know, like, like you said, trying to figure, figure things out. And, um, I think it's going to be a big test for both, you know, obviously, playing uh it's it's a unique non-conference game of the fact that you know these two teams have never met and um you know ball state doesn't really have a lot of tape on this new look uh sure. georgia southern team you know i you know i heard they were looking at some some old western kentucky and and wow. usc films to kind of get ready sense. for, for some of the offense so <laughs> it, it's going to be interesting to see how they come out it's going to be interesting to see if the defense um can 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 hold pace you know can can limit or uh, you know force some turnovers um some turnover on downs things like that and um if ball state's offense can find some consistency because i think you know at their best they look like a really really solid um group of five team um and then at their worst uh you know it's it's not good it's not good to look at so if the offense can find some some consistency establish the run early which they weren't weren't able to do last week um i think ball state can make this interesting um but if if they came out like how they did last week against murray state uh could be a long night for the cardinals and um i know a lot of fans aren't aren't looking forward to a potential one and three start with niu and central michigan coming up in the next uh two weeks after that so yeah. it'll be an interesting game uh looking forward to i won't be covering it my my colleague will i'll be at a wedding but uh oh, i'll wow. be uh, what okay. i'll be watching from afar so well i i you, we'll see if you made the right decision or not depending on how the game <laughs> <laughs> it's not your own wedding right we should be clear it is on not that. it is not okay well hey good congratulations to the bride and groom have a great trip uh statesboro should be uh electric they're really you know homecoming and and uh, 25,000 capacity at Paulson. They're looking for uh, a little a boost to kind of, you know, get back to the way they want to play. Like I said they had some good aspects last week. They just uh, did not execute the way they wanted to uh, in a lot of big ways, tackling, 
uh, passing offense and uh, turnovers. And that could be true at any level of football. If you can't uh, throw the ball with great accuracy or a complete high completion rate, if you can't, uh, if you lose the turnover battle three to nothing, you're going to make it a real uphill battle. Uh, Robbie General, thanks very much for being a guest on the show. Uh, you've been listening to Georgia Southern Extra. We'll be back next week as the Eagles get into conference play. And we'll review, we'll, we will review, if I get the words out, we will review what happened between the Ball State Cardinals and the Georgia Southern Eagles uh, on Saturday night, 6 p.m. Paulson Stadium in Statesboro and on the uh, ESPN Plus uh, streaming service. Everybody, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, Robbie. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Peterson is taking care of things right now. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern. Pass swings. On the way. Yeah.